does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. We're glad you're with us as we start season number 30. So glad that you're a part of that, and thank you for uh, joining us throughout those previous 29 years. Coming up, the commissioner of the IHSA, Paul Knighty, will join us. But right now, though, we'll talk some sports busy, busy night. The star of our show is Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell. It's a pleasure to be with you for the start of season number 30 of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Also nice to be with Nathaniel Finch, our producer tonight here in downtown Indianapolis on the circle. Let's start things off by looking at some baseball scores in St. Louis in Bush Stadium. The Cardinals are still trailing the Colorado Rockies. That is now in the bottom of the sixth inning. Colorado leads it 8-3. to three. They got three runs in the top of the first and in the top of the second inning. The home runs for the St. Louis Cardinals so far have come from Nolan Gorin, a solo home run, and Nolan Arenado. That was also a solo home run. The other RBI was recorded by Paul Goldschmidt. He had an RBI single back in the third inning. Getting the start tonight for the Redbirds was Adam Wainwright. He only went th- went three innings. He gave up seven earned runs, nine hits. He struck out five. That ERA has ballooned to a career high 7.81 in the final year for the season veteran for the Cardinals. Going final this afternoon, the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago Cubs. 8-0 win for the Braves, halting the winning streak for the Chicago Cubs at three games. Ronald Acuna Jr., he had three hits in this game. In fact, he was the only Brave with more than one hit, but every Brave in the starting lineup had a hit in this one today. Austin Riley, Sean Murphy, and Marcelo Zuna each had home runs for the Braves. Max Fried returned off the injury list. He went six innings, gave up three hits, and struck out eight Cubs batters. Cody Bellinger, the most notable offensive performance today. He had half the Cubs hits with two. Cubs are 56 and 54, and if you are scoreboard watching as a Cubs fan, the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently leading the Milwaukee Brewers 7-3, so good news on that front. They will not hopefully lose footing in the National League Central standings. The Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago White Sox have just gone final with the Guardians capturing the win over the White Sox tonight. They got a run in each of the first two winnings and then two runs in the fifth. The only runs for the Chicago White Sox came in the top of the third. Cleveland's starting pitcher tonight was Logan Allen. He went six innings, gave up two, struck out five White Sox. Senders Andres Jimenez, three hits, a home run, and two RBIs. Oscar Gonzalez also with two hits for the Guardians. Andrew Benintendi and Elvis Andrus were responsible for the RBIs for the White Sox, who are now 43-67. and 67. The Guardians are 53 and 56. This afternoon slash evening, the Tampa Bay Rays shut out the Detroit Tigers 8-0 in the win today. The Tigers are now 48-61. and 61. They only had three hits in total on this one. Matt Vierling had one. Kerry Carpenter and Miguel Cabrera each had one as well. Reese Olsen went five innings for the Tigers. He gave up four runs. He struck out 
three. Isaac Paredes had two RBIs, and Jose Siri had a home run and drove in three for the Tampa Bay Rays, who are 67-45. and 45. And just going final as well, the Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals. This goes in extra inning. 6-3 win, though for the Nationals. Lane Thomas, he was the thorn in the side of the Reds today. He was three for five. Two of those hits were home runs. He had a three RBI day. Joey Manessis tied the game up at three in the top of the eighth inning with a two-out, two-run home run. Thomas delivered a two-run home run in the top of the tenth inning to add some insurance after a RBI double leading off the top of the tenth for the Nationals. The Reds have now lost four consecutive games. Bright spot in this one, L.A. De La Cruz, Nick Senzel, and Matt McClain each had a home run. Graham Ashcraft went eight innings for Cincinnati. He gave up three runs, and he struck out five. The Washington Nationals are six, or 47 and 63. The Reds are 59 and 53, and they are watching the standing in the scoreboard right now with the Brewers trailing 8-3. to For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Two weeks from tonight, we'll be playing some high school football. We're pleased to be joined, honored to be joined, by the commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Neidig. Hello, Paul. Coach, how you doing tonight? I'm chomping at the bit, so to speak. I don't want to wait two weeks to play football. I'm ready to roll. Hey, I heard a rumor that this is the 30th year for your show, Coach. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I know you had just graduated from junior high when we, when yeah. we got on the air. So, uh, yes, 30 years uh, tonight. How about that? How about that? I think you were 21 when you started that show is what I read somewhere, uh, I believe. To be very honest, I was forty-three, <laughs> and so <laughs> and and so everyone can do the math. I'm actually seventy-two, and so uh, yeah, uh, and I look it and I feel it and all that. But you know what? Uh, the show and the IHSA has a great relationship. You're a part of it. Um, Blake was. Bobby was. Uh, I, I can never thank you uh, in the positions you guys are in and all of the member institutions for letting me do what I do on the weekends because I don't get a chance to do it without all of you. Yeah, Coach, it's, you know, it's uh, we grew up, and I, I was like most, new, and I grew up playing a team sport, and I coached a team sure. sport, and, you know, I, I learned valuable lessons along the way, and, and this association, it's a team thing also. It's... It, it, it's all of ours. It's, um, you know, the, the celebration of high school sports in this state is something that we all uh, are part of. And I think uh, we get to do what we do because of lessons we've learned along the way, being able to to, to grow up as a high school athlete. And uh, that's why we have to continue to celebrate this, just as your show does every week. Well, we're pleased to to, to do it, honored to do it, quite frankly. And uh, as we look ahead, it's not just the football season. We're in the fall sports right now. And we continue to – I continue to be amazed at the quality of student-athletes our state turns out, not only in, uh, you know, football, basketball, baseball, but all across the board in the broad-based programs that we have in our state. Oh, no question, Coach. You know, we've got we've got kids that are 
We got golfers. Actually, we've had some golf matches already. We're going to have tournaments all across the state wow. tomorrow already. Where kids are, uh, we're kids are we're playing girls golf right now, and we've got some of the top players in the country uh, as volleyball players. And you know, obviously, it, it, it goes on and on and on. I mean, you know, you looked at. Uh, I was just watching the Hall of Fame game the other night, and we had several kids from Indiana. Uh, that were in the the NFL Hall of Fame game that were making making some noise. You know, David Bell caught a few passes along the way, and I'm sure that's just one of uh, of several that he will catch throughout this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul Nidig with us, the commissioner of the IHSAA. I want to wait and talk about classification or reclassification. It's a long and uh, it's a, a very interesting topic, which we'll we've touched on, but we'll talk about it. But we're getting ready now. Obviously, in a couple of weeks, we'll have some exhibitions. May have had some this week. We'll clearly have some next week, and as we get ready for uh, another season. But once again, I think everyone, rightfully so, is excited about another exciting football season. It is, coach. You know, and it's it's like every season. Everybody's undefeated right now. Uh, they, they've all not, nobody's lost a game, and they've been they spent the whole summer together in the weight room, on the field, and uh, with their coaches, with their teammates. And, and you know, the goal is to, to to get better. And you know, I would say that every student athlete that played and is returning to play again this year is better than they were the previous year. And now we're going to find out how much and, and, you know, where the balance of power lies and there'll be some surprises along the way. But again, it's, it, it, there's nothing like that, that first contest, that beginning of the season when people have, uh, you know, they come out to enjoy their students. They come out to mm-hmm. support mm-hmm. their community and, and community still matters in this state. And that's one thing that I talk a lot about, coaches. It, it really does matter. You know, it's still a high school sport is still a gathering place. High school football in two weeks on a Friday night will be the gathering place for each community right. across this great state. And, you know, I'll drive around the state and I'll see lights on from one end to the other. Or, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, they're, and we're back at it again. Paul, I appreciate it. I always look forward to our weekly conversations in the Commissioner's Corner. Paul Neidig, the Commissioner of the IHSA, thanks. I appreciate the time. I'll talk to you in the next few weeks. Thanks so much. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate the opportunity to to spend a little time with you tonight. Thanks so much. He's the Commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Neidig. Yeah, two weeks from tonight. That third Friday of August is always a special one. We hope you're with us. We think you will be. Scoreboard update coming up with um, Eddie Garrison, and then we'll come back and talk some racing with Mark Janes on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. It was reported today by Pete Thamel of ESPN. He's a college football insider that the Big Ten will be expanding to 18 teams starting in 2024. They have now added four West Coast teams for next year. It was already noted that they would be adding UCLA and USC, but today's announcement is that they will be adding Washington and Oregon from the Pac-12, and as a conjoining move with that, the Big 12 just announced that the Board of Directors has voted unanimously to admit Arizona State, University of Arizona, 
and the University of Utah to the Big 12 Conference. And the Pac-12 not looking so good. Only three teams left, Oregon State and Stanford and Washington State most notably. Another move today, the Indianapolis Colts. They signed veteran running back Kenyon Drake per his agents at Sports Trust Advisors. He was a third-round pick out of Alabama in 2016 by the Miami Dolphins. He was there from 2016 until 2019. He has spent time with the Arizona Cardinals, the Las Vegas Raiders, and then last season with the Baltimore Ravens. He played in 12 games and he had 482 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns. He hauled in 17 receptions for 89 yards with the receiving touchdown. Jonathan Taylor right now is on the pup list. Zach Moss broke his arm. That means Deion Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Evan Hull, Toriano Clinton, Xavier Scott, and Jake Funk are the names in the Colts running back room for right now. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk some uh, racing with Mark James in a second. Indianapolis Indians, 5 3 losers tonight to Gwinnett. The Hall of Fame voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman, joins me. Tough night at the ball yard for the good guys tonight, Howard. Well, Bob, you're exactly right, and this is a game the Indians led 3-2 to two going to the bottom of the eighth, and Gwinnett's got one on and one out, and they start stealing bases. And the Yikes. pitcher, Dwayne Underwood Jr., is paying no attention to the base runners. Well, second base is stolen, third base is stolen, base hit ties up the game. Then mm. another mm. steal, a steal of second. Base hit puts mm. Gwinnett ahead. Then a steal of second. Base hit gives Gwinnett an insurance run. Five bases stolen off Underwood, and he wasn't looking at first base at all to hold the runners on. So uh, when you consider that, this turned into a very difficult loss. Yeah, I would think. And hopefully lessons learned uh, in terms of holding runners a little closer uh, and being well, able to make plays. <laughs> that's just That's really disappointing. Yes, exactly. And you're right about lessons learned. Hopefully there is, but you should have made an adjustment after the first man did it. Right, uh, I mean, right. once it's done once, pay attention. you got to pay attention to base <laughs> runner. Now, if you got a huge lead, that's a sure. different story. But in a close game, and it was so right. interesting, Bob, because they stole the five bases, and each of them paid dividends because the next man singled in a run. Timely hitting. We always talk about it. All right, you get a chance to bounce back tomorrow, taking on the Gwinnett Stripers uh, in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Who's on the hill tomorrow? Cam Aldred is the Indians probable. It'll be the fifth of the six-game series, and the first four games have been split. Howard Kalman, Hall of Famer for a reason. Don't forget when you're at the ball yard, pick up his book, 61 Humorous Inspiring Lessons I Learned from Baseball. Howard, thanks so much for the call. Have a great night. Bob, great to have you back. And as always, thank you very much. Thank you. The uh, IndyCar Series is in Nashville, Tennessee. And that means Mark Jeans is with us talking about racing. Mark, thanks so much for the call. What a great venue. they got so much going on with this uh, big music. I, I can't tell you. I, I don't know what the name of the event is. We're just racing in Nashville with all kinds of things going on. I know you're having a great time. I know Desiree's having a great time. And so thanks for squeezing in some time for me. First things first. 
congratulations on year number 30. I've, I've been honored Thanks. and privileged to be a ro- along for <laughs> a big chunk of right. that ride, Coach. I mean, you know, we've uh, we've done ball games together. I've, I've hosted your show. I've done your scoreboard updates. I've I've been a guest as a coach. I've been a guest with the uh, with the IndyCar Series. And, um, you know, um, I, I think the uh, explosion in popularity over the past 30 years of, of all forms of high school sports, I think, is in large part uh, due to your tireless promotion of, of, of high school athletics throughout the state of Indiana through this show. Uh, giving coaches an opportunity to come on and not only promote their programs but promote their kids, and uh, I'll tell you, you, you've 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 done uh, you've done a hell of a job over the last thirty years, coach. And, Thank you. And everybody that's ever coached or ever played over the past thirty years in high school football and <laughs> basketball, especially, are indebted to you, no doubt. Well, you're very kind, and I I find myself. Uh, in unfamiliar territory because I'm I'm speechless. <laughs> and, uh, people know you're we're friends, we're close friends, and I'm honored to say that. But uh, you're very very kind, and uh, while I I might fundamentally disagree with it, uh, it's very nice of you to say. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean Music City and Coach, I tell you. A huge announcement this week that uh, not only are we going to be going back to Nashville for the foreseeable future, I'll tell you, you know, they say when life gives you lemons, you you make lemonade. Well, the NTT IndyCar Series and, uh, you know, the title sponsor, uh, Big Machine Records, uh, they had a problem because uh, just two years into existence of this phenomenal event, word came out that Nissan Stadium was going to be torn down. And the only problem with that is that uh, that's – essentially a, a big portion of the race course that we currently race upon. Mm. But, uh, boy, they right. got together with the city of Nashville and, uh, you know, it was announced this week that uh, the race will continue for many, many years and uh, they're going to realign the course and, and take it down one of the most iconic streets in anywhere in North America, which is Broadway. And uh, this uh, is Yikes. also going to be tied in <laughs> with the season. It's right. going to be the season finale and it's gonna be a, there's going to be a season-ending championship celebration following the race starting in 2024 so uh, an event that already has a lot of buzz has even more now that's for sure it's a tremendous announcement for the series and the city of nashville yeah and they've just turned it into a big party haven't they i mean that's they they, they, they expect huge crowds it's going to be fun nashville's a neat place anyway uh and uh, they like their racing and this is a hard circuit not to like for heaven's sakes well, I, I, especially if you're a fan, I think, because uh, it, 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 it certainly had a lot of storylines over the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, Marcus Erickson almost flipped entirely over and came back and won the race in the inaugural event. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very unforgiving. It's very bumpy. It's very fast in, in, in portions of it. And uh, but, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the thing that the teams and drivers enjoy the most, not only just the course, but just the whole atmosphere, the whole vibe of being in downtown Nashville. Well, yeah, it's hard not to like. And it's a, it's a friendly, you know, and for if you're in the Midwest, it's easy to get to, for heaven's sake. If you've ever been to Florida, you know how to get to Nashville, for heaven's sakes. So and just you get and I down have there. Done that plenty. And, yeah, we. Yeah, well, yeah, we have, and and I hope I continue to. This is just, this is just a, a big, big week. Uh, you know, you got uh, the race in Nashville, and then you got the doubleheader in Indy next week. What a cool time right now! 
Well, I think it's an important time for uh, most notably, uh, first of all, the battle for the championship. I mean, you know, Joseph Newgarden swept the weekend in Iowa two weeks ago, and uh, he now trails Alex Pillow by just 80 points. But also, Coach, um, we probably will have two-thirds of the field will probably be at new homes next year in 2024. And there's a lot of negotiations in the quote-unquote silly season. Mm-hmm. It's off to an early start, and a lot of that stuff's going on behind the scenes. And so now guys that are out of championship contention are not only maybe racing for their futures with their current teams, but some of them maybe mm-hmm. will be racing for a future with other teams. Um, and so, you know, there's there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, if you didn't have a good first half, you want to have a good second half of the season to feel like you're going to the off season with some momentum because, you know, we've, we've only got about six weeks left in the season, and that's uh, – that's not a lot of time, and so there's a there's a lot of reasons for uh, for guys to want to work mm-hmm. their way to the front, and uh, some might take some unnecessary chances as a result. And the two that hope that they aren't impacted by it certainly are Joseph Newgarden and and Alex Pillow. I mean, Scott Dixon, a few others still have a mathematical chance, right. but you know, I I think they've kind of reached the point where it's it's almost Pillow's championship to win at this point. It's almost his to lose. He's got to lose it. I don't know that even Joseph Newgarden can win it. All right, we've got about a minute and a half. What's the schedule coming up tomorrow? Uh, we start uh, around 10 o'clock Central Time uh, 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 with uh, Indy Next by Firestone. That, of course, is is essentially our version of the Indianapolis Indians. It's AAA, if you will. Right. Um, and, and then from there, uh, we've got the NTT IndyCar Series final practice. And then we'll have, uh, the, the, throughout the afternoon, we'll have uh, Indy Next qualifying. Then we'll have... Uh, uh, NTT IndyCar Series qualifying, knockout qualifying of the Firestone Fast Six, and wrap up the day around six o'clock Eastern tomorrow night with a final thirty-minute warm-up, and then we'll have the uh, the Indy next next race tomorrow, and then uh, I believe we go on the air around noon Eastern time on Sunday, I should say, with the the, the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. All right, I know you're busy tomorrow, but I'll try to track you down. All right. I know this. This is the last Friday night without Indiana High School football coach and all that's right with the world. <laughs> I knew I knew hey, listen, I agree I agree with you. I appreciate I appreciate the kind words. I more importantly appreciate the long standing and solid friendship that we have. It means the world to me and you know that. And uh I'll I'll track you down tomorrow, Mark. Thanks so much. Health, health and happiness with a great year, coach. Take care. Thanks. Thanks so much. Coming up. We'll talk more. We'll talk some racing tomorrow night, too. When we come back, let's talk some college football. Talking about the Notre Dame Irish with Lynn Clark. This is Indiana Sports Talk. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Minor League Baseball today. Or tonight, I should say. The Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the Great Lakes Loons. It was game four. Entering tonight, the Tin Caps had a two games to one advantage through three out of the six. Tonight, they exit tied at two games apiece. The Loons double up the Tin Caps. 8-4 final score. All scoring for Loons came in the first six innings of play. One run in each of the first three innings. And then they got three in the fifth and two in the sixth. Inversely, all the runs scored for the Tin Caps came on the sixth inning on, they got a run in the sixth and the eighth before scoring two in the ninth. They are now 51 and 49 on the season. The Loons have been stellar this year. They are 62 
and 37. The South Bend Cubs pick up a win. 5-3 winners over the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They have won three of the four games so far in the six-game set. They got two runs in the third and then a run in each of the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings. They are 46-53. and 53. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers are 43-55. and 55. The Gwinnett Stripers and the Indianapolis Indians have also gone final. Howard Kelman joined us not too long ago. You can catch that conversation on the podcast. But in case you didn't, the Stripers topped the Indians tonight 5-3. to The Tribe, five games under 500 on the season. They are 50-55. and The Gwinnett Stripers are 47-58. and Three runs for the Stripers in the bottom of the eighth is what put them ahead 5-3. to And ultimately, winners at 5-3. to For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. What would a show be without Dr. Lynn Clark talking about Notre Dame football? Hello, Lynn. Hey, Bob. Congratulations on your 30 of the show, and I'm excited to welcome you to join you this season to talk about Notre Dame football. I've been excited to watch you become a superstar on Facebook with your trips to Ireland. And not to mention the fact that I'm jealous. I want you to know that. I don't get jealous of too many people, but I'm jealous of you, uh, number one, because you're so smart. And number two, there's a, you look like you were having a ball. You look like you were having great fun. Well, Bob, I was there just 19 days ago, and I'm heading back in about 19 more uh, as the Fighting Irish okay. kick off this season in 22 days at Aviva Stadium when they take on the Naval Academy. The Irish are wrapping up week number two of uh, fall practice. They'll hold practice number nine tomorrow morning out of the 20 scheduled before that big game during fall camp. And the media will have seen six of those after practice tomorrow when we will have a chance to talk to the quarterbacks. Oh, Maybe you should call me tomorrow night. Maybe I should have done this interview tomorrow, you know. No, we can always talk again tomorrow night, but uh, quarterback yeah. Sam Hartman is going to lead the Fighting Irish. He's a graduate transfer from Wake Forest, entering his sixth year of college football, and the Irish fans are hoping he will lead them to a national championship. Hartman will be backed up by sophomore Steve Angeli and freshman Kenny Minchie after the departure of Tyler Buckner last spring. But in the backfield as well, you've got the very explosive Audric Estime, who's leading that running back mm-hmm. room. He'll be joined by Jadarian Price, Penn State transfer Devin Ford, Jabron Payne, and freshman Jeremiah Love. Uh, great wide receivers also in the mix. But really, Bob, the big story in camp so far has been the battle at right guard between graduate Andrew Kristoffic and redshirt sophomore Rocco Spindler uh, for that right guard position. But you've got Avon's Blake Fisher holding down that right tackle spot. And I had a chance to talk to him the other day, and he says, you know, I know I'm a dominant player, and when I look across the line, I know I can beat that guy each and every play. And that just shows you the confidence of this team this year. Right. I mean, it's good to, good to have that confidence. Uh, but this is a team that you – I don't have to tell you – their expectations are always high, rightfully so. It is Notre Dame, and it is a team, I think, that um, while much is going to be expected of them, um, I think it's a team that can back it up. And as you mentioned, they started – what a great opening night. I mean, uh, in Dublin, taking on Navy. Um, you know, when you go to uh, – Notre Dame, you know you're going to have an outstanding experience. That's a heck of a that's a heck of an opener, without question. Well, as I've been telling everybody, at one time it was that uh, the sun never set on the British Empire. The only true entity in the world today where that is true is really the Notre Dame brand, 
with the global footprint right. all around the world with educational centers. And so it is a, a chance for the biggest public relations tool of the university to go over there and to showcase not only the, the sport of college football, but uh, to be ambassadors for the university and, and to and talk about all the other good things going on besides football. But, you know, the big thing this year, Bob, is they have to win. It's Marcus Freeman's second year, high expectations. Right. The big right. thing is that you got to keep them healthy. And when we looked at the uh, the pit, if you will, there were only a few players that were in the pit uh, that were still recovering from injuries. And so that is a very good sign. Now, another positive as Mike Bray used to say, we're an old team. We're playing old. You've got a right. lot of graduate right. players and senior upperclassmen. Looking at the defense, every starter is a graduate or a senior, with the exception of Benjamin Morrison, the All-American cornerback. And then you got a bunch of young guys, like a Drake Bowen, who's going to come in and make an immediate impact on special teams. Right. But right. they're pushing these veterans to even get better. And so next man in mentality, it's really exciting to see what's going on on both sides of the ball, offense and defense at Notre Dame. But the big key, you have to play without getting hurt. And the one yeah. thing that Marcus yeah. Freeman has learned in the second year is last year he was, he was 100%. He was going 100 miles an hour. You can see him kind of slowing down right now, especially in fall camp <laughs> right. with the weather, and, and it's not pushing sure. him as hard. And so, you know, experience is not making the same mistake twice, and there are a lot of guys who are very hydrated this, uh, this fall camp. Yeah, I was going to ask you the lessons, if, you, if you'd ask him or someone asked him, or he mentioned the, what he learned after one year of coaching. Because I can tell you as a former young 26-year-old head coach, I was certain I had all the answers. I wasn't at Notre Dame and I wasn't coaching football. But I will tell you that you know you come in there and you can't wait. You've got things you want to do. You have your philosophy and this, that, and the other. And the one thing you don't have experience doing is managing the ebb and flow of a season, managing, you know, how do I handle a group after a, a difficult loss? How do I handle them after a big win? How do I handle all of these things in addition to all the other things I have to be aware of? I'm curious if he talks about what lessons he learned after a year. Well, exactly what you just said. It's just that experience and knowing what not to do the next time. But the biggest attribute I see in Marcus Freeman, he's got a great rapport with the players in addition to the assistant coaches. And he has not delegated. He lets them do what they do best. And then he listens to them to make the best possible decisions. So I think the communication is probably the biggest thing that Marcus mm-hmm. has really going through. That Everybody's on the same frequency, from the players to the managers to the trainers to the, the support staff. Everybody's on the same page, and, and I think that's going to be the difference. If you're on the same page and you know what is expected, then there's no excuse. I want to go back to this. How many – who else – in the country, and I know it's hard to figure this out, there can't be a lot of programs that are going to have that much experience uh, in terms of returning players who have uh, have that literally have played that many ball games. Well, you add the Notre Dame graduates and the seniors, but then you bring in the transfers like uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, who is a graduate transfer from Ohio State, and he's mm-hmm. trying to fill the big spikes of Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame's all-time sacks leader, who has gone on to the NFL. Uh, and then uh, Thomas Harper, a safety from Oklahoma State. Uh, but r- really the big question right now is in the special teams. You lost John Sott, the punter from last year, right. and, and Blake Groupie, the, the place kicker, and now you bring in uh, a young freshman redshirt punter, and then you bring in a graduate transfer kicker from South Florida and Spencer Schrader. So, you know, that's kind of the unknown. We really haven't seen a lot of the special teams, but 
experience is something that you can't teach. It's just, it's learned. And I'll give you another example. One of those senior leaders is Jack Kaiser out of Royal Center in Pioneer High School, who yeah. graduated right. this past summer with a master's of accountancy. And I asked him, I said, Jack, what are you doing this fall? And he says, well, I am a non-degree seeking student, which means I can really concentrate on football. <laughs> and I think that's going to be a big difference. And right. Bob, if you get a chance right. to see him, he is just transformed, much like all the players, their bodies. Right. It's, right. it's incredible to see what they have done in the nutrition area and in the weight training facility to get these players in the shape that will enable them to compete later on in the season. I think that's the one thing that really is eye-shocking is that there are no guys coming into fall camp a little bit overweight. Everybody is fit and ready to roll. <laughs> right. All right, tell me about Dublin. Make me jealous a little bit. Well, you had yeah, fun, you, I know. I was, I was finishing up uh, some final touches, but the thing that we're really excited about is that we've got a big event for Irish Illustrated on the Friday before the big game, where from noon to six at one of our official pubs, we're inviting people just to come into this sports pub and interact right. and a little bit more about culture. We're going to do a podcast from there, but we're raising we're raising funds for Our Lady's Children's Hospital. And right now, we've already raised a couple of a couple of hundred euro, and we're hoping to raise over a thousand euro. But uh, it's it's just been a special experience for me to not only write the guide to help people maximize maximize their time right. and fun, but also to put together a whiskey tasting that is going to be held uh, the Thursday night and. And then uh, the big event at the the bar on Friday, and then we've got a game to cover, and then I jump right back on a plane and and head back to Indiana. But I'm not leaving until Tuesday night, and I do want to say a special thank you to Air Lingus, who is a sponsor, and help pick up Mm -hmm. the tab of our flight. That means we're taking our entire staff over there, Bob, which is something that really is really special. But the uh, fundraiser, we're raffling off some Irish Illustrated flags that are going to fly outside of the pub, and in addition to a Joe Montana Guinness signed football and some other things. So (laughs) I'm living the dream, and I'm I'm just fortunate to have had to had to have gone over then we look forward to making a phone call to talk with you uh probably in the afternoon because it's a night game over there and by the time i get no problem it's going to be like three three o'clock in the morning at dublin time (laughs) all right dr lynn clark let's talk tomorrow night i appreciate it lynn thank you so much congratulations again bob on your third thanks thank you very much scoreboard update coming up more on indiana sports talk With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's take a look at some of the Major League Baseball games that are going on right now. It's the top of the ninth inning out in St. Louis. And the Rockies are still leading the St. Louis Cardinals 8-4. to They have yet to score since the fourth inning have the Rockies. They got three runs in each of the first two innings and a run in the third and the fourth Adam Wainwright got the start for St. Louis. He only made it through three innings of work. He threw 75 pitches in those three innings, and his ERA is at a career worst, 7.81 after giving up seven earned runs today in those three innings of work. Lars Newtbar, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Gorman, Nolan Arenado, all with multi-hit days. Nolan Arenado with a home run, and Nolan Gorman with a pair of solo homers. Looking elsewhere in Major League Baseball. The Seattle Mariners and the Los Angeles Angels are tied at five runs apiece. That is only in the top of the fourth inning. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Milwaukee Brewers 
are in the top of the eighth inning, and the Pirates are doubling up the Brew Crew. Eight to four advantage Buckos. In the bottom of the eighth inning in Minnesota, they're taking on the Twins are taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and the Twins have a three-two advantage as that one heads into the top of the ninth inning. And on the West Coast, the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers are in the bottom of the fourth inning. James Altman with the solo homer. That's the only run scored in this one. One-zero Dodgers. For Network Indiana Sports. I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Star of the show, Eddie Garrison joins me. Hello, Eddie. Hello, Coach. How's your baseball team? Uh, we're done now. That school season's uh, school has started. Right. How um, were, how'd, you, how'd the summer go? For those fun. of you who don't know, Eddie coaches a, a summer uh, travel baseball team. How'd it go? It was fun. I had a lot of fun with them. You know, they're 17 years old now, so they're... Most uh, of them are. This was probably their fi- final summer, just because they don't right, they just want right. to take a break and enjoy their summer before they have to go off to college next year. But so we had a lot of fun, made a lot of memories. Uh, yeah, it was great. Win any games? Oh yeah, we won some games along the way. Lost some too, but you know that's the nature of the game. You can't win them all. You're a good man, Eddie. You're an absolutely good man. Uh, I, I enjoyed, as you know, I enjoyed playing baseball. Uh, that was my favorite sport as a kid. Um, I've had some success on the basketball side, um, but in just terms a little, of right? Sheer, yeah, a little bit. And sheer, in terms of sheer joy, uh, I could have played baseball every day. Um, I played on a a travel team back in the late '60s in Plainfield, and we were pretty good. Um, I would just say this: I played on a travel team. I had uh, my high school team and my travel team. We had uh, two guys, well, one guy pitched at Purdue, one at IU. Uh, a couple of guys go to UND. Uh, I played at, I started shortstop four years at Franklin. Um, you know, so we had re- some really, really talented guys, and we won a boatload of games. And so, um, I, I miss those days. That was, that was a whole lot of fun. And I was, you know, in, in a situation where AAU basketball hadn't really started, so mm-hmm. that would have been a that would have been an interesting decision for me to make. <laughs> what, what I was going to do in the summer, I, I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. All right, so tell me about uh, Major League Baseball. What about my Cardinals? What is up with my my Cardinal team? Uh, they have not looked good this year. Of course, at the deadline, well, I know that. So um, yeah. they were sellers. Uh, they're now losing nine to four. It's in the bottom uh, of the ninth, though, so it's almost over. Okay. All right. So there's that. All right. So now you obviously spend a lot of time with our flagship stations, uh, 93.5, 107.5 in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. you heard my conversation with uh, Matt Taylor. Um, the Jonathan Taylor situation makes me scratch my head. I I, I don't under, I understand the whole concept of uh, running backs or – you know, in many regards, by people who run franchises, uh, you can find one and not have to spend the amount of money they want to do. Um, but then again, you've talked about how instrumental this guy is to your program and how unbelievably he, important he is to you, and yet you don't want to pay him. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm confused here. It's an interesting situation from both sides of this because the Colts have really built their offense around Jonathan Taylor just the way they've drafted the last couple of years and ever since drafting Jonathan Taylor. They've right. built it around him, and Taylor 
has to take the measures he does, and I understand why he is because the only yeah, way for him sure. to feel like he can get some sort of job security or you know just be able to get a paycheck to support his future family with him and his now wife is to take matters into his own hands and hold out the way he is. It's just hard for his situation because he's coming off a year where he dealt with three different injuries. He had two different ankle mm-hmm. injuries, and, mm-hmm. and he battled turf tour last year. So when you're a running back, it's already hard to get a contract of your liking. Right. Right. Uh, and then you couple that with an injury-riddled season last year, and your team wasn't very good last year either. It's going to be hard to secure uh, a large contract extension that right. you're desiring. Yeah, and the other part of it, Eddie, always remember this term, leverage. Yep. He has none. Nope. <laughs> nope. Your your life's goal, Eddie. Trust me when I tell you this. Work to get leverage, and then when you get it, be smart about it. Yes, sir. Eddie Garrison coming up. Top of the hour scoreboard update. Eddie, thank you so much. We're back talking more ball. Short break. Come back and talk some more ball on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. Eddie Garrison, Nathaniel Finch, doing the heavy lifting. As you know, this is the beginning of season number 30. We started this show in 1994, August of 1994. Uh, The concept at the time uh, was, in that first season, our plan was to do football on Friday night, high school football on Friday nights, and then uh, move to Friday and Saturday during the basketball season, uh, which is exactly what we did. And we started in 1994 on eight radio stations around the state, Uh, WNDI in Sullivan, WITZ in Jasper, still with us from that original group. Uh, And when we went back on the air, uh, we stayed on the air that entire year. At the beginning of uh, August in 1995, our second season, we had uh, bumped up our station number to 24 and began um, to really put some things together. And since it's been a, a fantastic experience for me and to see the growth and maturation, if you will, uh, of our of our stations and uh, you know I'm in the syndicated radio business this is what I do it happens to be sports but um, it's not an easy business to do these types of shows um, seldom make it and so it's gratifying for us to be on as long as we have been but I'm always mindful that life is about choices all of us have choices and you know, station owners and station program uh, directors and general managers around our state and every state, they all have choices to make uh, about their programming on the weekends. And and for uh, a loyal list of affiliated stations to choose us to provide programming for their listeners is incredibly gratifying. I mean, you can't thank them enough because without them making that decision, uh, we don't get a chance to join you on the weekends and then the other part of the uh, choices is all of you have plenty of choices to make in terms of what you want to do with your time in terms of listening to radio or you get in your car after a game on a friday or saturday night 
And so what's equally fun is for us to know that there are thousands and thousands of you who make that choice on the weekends uh, to uh, listen to our show. I'm mindful of that. Uh, I'm also mindful of the fact that I'm just the front man. Uh, I don't push the buttons. Uh, I, I don't sell uh, the advertising. Um, I, I get all the credit, which I shouldn't. Um, but uh, we can't do it without you. We can't do it without great colleagues of mine with Radio One, formerly with Emmis and with Wabash Valley Broadcasting all the way through. And so, you know, 30 years, uh, that's a long, long time. I was stunned that we would do uh, uh, a week uh, when we first got started. And so to be where we are, uh, it's incredibly gratifying. And uh, I want to thank all of you so much for being a part of it with us on these last 30 years. Top of the hour scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison. I'm Bob Lovell, and this is the History Making